Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast. Well, the great thing about Alyssa meeting Mike is she, number one, she was ready. Number two, is the perfect environment. She did a March Madness party. Really good-looking guy, instant chemistry, got to talking, discovered a few things in common, exchanged numbers. He texted back fairly quickly. He's very responsive. And they made a very sort of low-pressure date. They went to Dewey's, went bowling, just had fun. And as Alyssa describes it, it was very natural when it evolved at her place. (laughs) Into an overnighter. Back to her house. With activities. Back to her place, sure. (laughs) He left the next morning. It all felt good. How was it left? Did he say, I'll call you again? Or I mean, it was more just like, I mean, it wasn't like we were making a, a, you know, a calendar date or anything. It was just like, hey, I had a great time. Thanks so much. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, to me, awesome. it, it ended very well. It was like, hey, this was really great. And to me, it felt like, hey, we're going to do this again or meet okay. up or something. I don't know. I get and- scared when people thank you after the deed. Like, thanks. <laughs> thanks Talk for a good time. Later. That was fun. Yeah. I, I love guess. being thanked. <laughs> like yeah, like, men like. We do. Like a great date. Like there was other stuff. Gotcha. I mean, that's different. When you're in a relationship, the thank you is appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a one-nighter, you're like, what the hell just happened? Mm. I'll take it under any circumstance. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that is so true. I can't believe Good it. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. So we're going to call Mike <laughs> and see what he thought of Alyssa and his date with her. <laughs> Hello? Hi, is this Mike? Mike. Hey, Mike, it's Jeff and Jana, Q102. How you doing this morning? Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Thanks Hi, Mike. for calling. <laughs> yeah, it's a new one. Uh, we're wondering if you'd have it. Well, by the way, uh, Fritz, our producer, and Tim are both here. The whole gang is here. Morning. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Don't know if you've ever heard our show before, but. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. That explains yeah. the nice. I, I have a feeling I know what this is. Is this the second date up there? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Oh, no. I can't tell if you don't want to talk to us or if there's a reason that you don't want to have this conversation and it has to do with Alyssa. Oh, my God. You did know we were calling about Alyssa, right? You did guess uh-huh. that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, so what's up? 
She said she hadn't heard from you. You guys had this great night at Dewey's, and then you go bowling, and then back at her place, and she never hears from you again. What happened? She told you all that stuff, okay? I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you know other than that? <laughs> other than that, we, we really don't know anything. She just said that it all felt very natural, and you, you were at first very responsive, but then nothing. I am such a d- Uh-oh. Why do you say that? She's... She's awesome. I mean, I slept. We slept together. I don't know if she told you that. Yes, she did. <laughs> okay. Lay it out like that, I'm but yeah. Sure, I'm sure this is all because I didn't call her. A total d bag move. Yeah, but you know, here's your chance to explain why. Redemption. This, I don't think this was that bad, honestly, because I've heard this segment on your show. Okay. So I'm at her place, and then in the middle of the night, I'm like, God, I'm starving. You know, and I went into the kitchen, and I opened up the pantry, and it looked like she didn't even live there. It looked like she was, like, squatting. I mean, there was nothing in the pantry. Nothing. Open the fridge. Nothing in the fridge. I'm talking a box of old baking soda that was probably 10 years old and nothing else. Really? And then I was like, what's going on with this girl? Looking around, there's not a utensil. There's not a pan. There's, like, one <laughs> old pot. Did you guys sleep over at Jeff's house? <laughs> yeah, no, it does kind of sound like that. I mean, seriously, I was like, does this girl never cook anything? And I'm, wow. I'm an old-fashioned guy. I don't want to sound like a caveman or anything. But I sort of want to be with a woman who can cook. And I was like, this girl's never cooked a meal in her life. This girl probably eats microwaved Tostino's pizza bites for dinner. I was like, what's going on here? Like, I don't know. Okay, I'm not I, mean, even- I, I, I need to defend myself. Okay, um, go ahead. Like, he's right. I don't cook. Uh, when I was dating my boyfriend, he was the cook, like, he was the guy in the kitchen. And then when we split up, he took all the kitchen stuff, like, mm. because he was the main cook guy. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group, schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, Did he take so, your food too? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I I either you know I go out and eat or order take in or whatever. But in my defense, I've actually started taking cooking classes because I do want wow. to learn. And my mom, she's actually planning on getting me new cookware and baking stuff as a gift for my birthday, but that's in June. So, like, yeah, I can see how that looks really odd that I have like no food and no cooking stuff, but. I am taking cooking classes. My mom is getting me all new cookware. I am trying to help myself with that. I'm sorry. You know? I, I heard Mike's reaction on the other end. I don't know if you could hear it, Alyssa, but Mike goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like such an, uh, honestly, I, I, I can't believe we're doing this on the radio, but. I'm glad you are because this well, is funny to me. me. I mean, we had, I did have a great time with you and, uh. I mean, I'd love I for, I mean, if if you want to, like, I'd love for the next date to be, like, I don't know. I mean, we don't have to wait till June, but if you've got pans and pots, I'd be happy to cook a dinner for you at your place, wow. you know? That sounds I'll tell fun. you what, why don't I cook for you? I, 
Oh, oh that's wow. nice. Uh, or you could cook sweet. together. That would be fun. Well, I would love together. to do I, that. I, I'll teach you some stuff. I mean, I honestly, I was, I thought you were like, you know, fast food and like <laughs> never cooking or never having any, you know. Yeah. He thought oh, you wow. were me. No, I mean, now I have some God, recipes. So I'd love I just, to do something like that. See how important food is in a man's life. Oh yeah, in yeah. a relationship. <laughs> I'd go out on a cooking date with you. I'd cook for you whatever you want to do. I would do it again, and I'm sorry, and I'll probably call you off the air and tell you some other stuff. But Aww. Yeah. Well, See, the coolest thing is, like, my boyfriend and I at home will play, like, chef and sous chef. Mm-hmm. Like, one of us will cut up the tomato while the other one's putting whatever in. And it's a really fun yeah. bonding experience. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. Care. I, I, I love even have a kiss like cook apron, so I can bring that. Yeah. <laughs> Just wear that. what a turnaround we've had here i am telling you so you guys do that we're also going to set up a date where neither of you have to cook (laughs) even better yeah so let me put mike on hold we'll set this up with him Alyssa, glad this worked out thanks for coming on the jeff and jen morning show mike we appreciate you taking the call fritz is going to set this up with you okay love the show great thank you so much guys guys. and we want some instagram pics of your meals yeah <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Mike, hang on. All righty. There we go. We love it when it works out like that. Yeah. So we'd love a shot at your dating life as well. If you've been out on a first date with somebody and haven't heard back, we'll do a second date update call for you. 513-749-2320 or email us, Jeff and Jen at WKRQ.com. All right. 12 after 7 sunny skies, uh, high of 86 expected today, and it is close to 70 already with Jeff and Jen here at Cincinnati's Q102. People falling in love with a woman thanks to her sexy mugshot. And the inventor of the Heimlich of the Heimlich maneuver, hemlock remover, is what my dad calls it. The hemlock remover. <laughs> Larry, He's something. Inventor of the Heimlich maneuver finally got to use it. We'll have the full story and the rest of the day's news that didn't make the news coming up. Yeah, those are your headlines in less than sixty seconds. And now that you've heard most of the day's news headlines, how about some of the news that didn't make the news this morning? People falling in love with a woman thanks to her sexy mugshot. The inventor of the Heimlich Maneuver finally got to actually use it. And five weird things that make people dislike you. It is Tuesday, the last day of May 2016. We're Jeff and Jen, and here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to these stories, I'm... I guess if you're looking for a statue that sums up modern life, this is a pretty fair pick. Sugarland, Texas just put up a statue in his town square that shows two girls taking a selfie. Apparently, it was donated to the city as part of a collection of statues that show what people do in the town square, and that has now been immortalized in the form of a statue. How about that? A statue of a selfie that people can stand and take selfies in front of. And will likely <laughs> remain there for the next 100 or so sure. years. Uh, I'm not sure if this counts as ministry or blasphemy. I guess it depends on how you look at it. But a new Bible was just released for Apple's iBooks store on Sunday called Bible Emoji. 
Scripture for Millennials. <laughs> Someone took all 66 books of the Old Testament and New Testament and translated them into emojis. No way. Wow. And texting lingo like the number four instead of using the, the numeral four instead right. of the word four. The goal, obviously, is to try to get young people interested in reading the Bible. If you want it, it costs $2.99. You need to get that and check it out. Because you're probably the biggest Bible expert in the I, room. I put it up on the uh, Jeff and Jen Facebook page. I was trying to interpret. It, 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 it's it's more challenging to read than the real version. So it would just be, <laughs> you'd have an easier time reading the King James version, like, probably. Like, what the hell does the fish thing mean? <laughs> I oh, you're, you're trying to say fisherman. Oh. I wonder <laughs> if you uh, had a millennial here, if they would be able to breeze right through that. I don't know. Let's try Victoria. Oh, yeah. By the way, the guy... The, the person who created it is staying anonymous. His pen name is Sunglasses Guy. Yeah. Oh. For what that's worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah. You remember a few years back when a guy in California got arrested and looked so handsome in his mugshot that he actually had a modeling, modeling career waiting for him when he got out of jail? Well, his female counterpart has just surfaced, a 24-year-old woman. Her name is Sarah Seawright. She was arrested in Pulaski County, Arkansas, earlier this month. She had a warrant out because she'd missed a court date in 2014 for careless driving and driving without insurance. Well, she took quite a mugshot. In fact, she looks so good that it's been going viral. But before you fall in love with her, you should know this isn't Sarah's first time getting into legal trouble. She's also been charged in the past for aggravated robbery, kidnapping, Battery and wow. evidence tampering. She ain't messing around, this one. No, she isn't. She's out on bail right now, so, you know, I guess if you're going to make your move. She's pretty. She probably get on that quickly. She goes by Prison Bay. Yeah, that's the hashtag. <laughs> Bay, are you serious? <laughs> right. Nice. It's the news story, but you'll I'll show you. I'll put it up on there. There she is. She looks kind of like Rihanna a little bit, oh, I think. Oh, there she is. Pretty. Prison Bay. Mm. That's funny. Yeah, she even almost seems like, based on her expression, she's posing a little for the camera. Mm-hmm. Nice lips. Also this morning, an 87-year-old woman named Patty Gill Reese was eating a hamburger at a senior center here in the tri-state when she suddenly started choking, but the guy next to her knew exactly what to do because he happened to be Dr. Henry Heimlich, the guy who invented the Heimlich Maneuver, Back in 1974. Wow. He is 96 years old now, and when he realized that Patty was choking, he immediately stood her up, did the Heimlich, and it worked. (laughs) I hope so. She coughed up the piece of hamburger, and Mm -hmm. it saved her life. And here's the coolest part. Henry says that he's never actually used the Heimlich maneuver in an emergency before. He's obviously demonstrated it a lot over the past 40 years, but Mm -hmm. this is actually the first time he's personally been able to use it to save someone's life. One of the staff members of the senior center says he's used it twice already this year and mm-hmm. was about to jump in and help, but Henry beat him to it, and he obviously knew what he was doing. Wow. By the way, we found a list online of weird things that can make people dislike you, and these are some we thought were pretty interesting. Keep in mind, you know, we understand why people don't like other people. Usually it's for the same reasons, for obvious reasons. But Now, plus just the fact that not everybody is going to like you. 
Not everybody is going to like you, but here are some of the weirder reasons people may dislike you. Number one, opening up too much to someone you just met. You shouldn't reveal anything too personal until you've known each other for a little while. You might think you're just being open and honest, but it can actually come across as insecure, which would turn some people off, I suppose. Asking too many questions. Most people like talking about themselves, so... Certainly, you should ask some questions, but the experts say there's a fine line, and you have to let them ask questions, too, so they don't feel like you're the one grilling them. Number three, always saying yes when someone asks for a favor. Recent study found really? it. Yes, it, 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 may, it, it can make it seem like you have ulterior motives, so it's actually okay to say no sometimes, uh, especially if there's a legitimate reason you can't do something. Playing hard to get. Playing hard to get. Sometimes it can work, but so can being honest when you like someone. A recent study found that people were more prone to like someone if they thought that the person liked them first. And finally, posting too many selfies, especially for people you just met. A recent study found that photos taken from four to five feet away actually make you seem more trustworthy and competent than photos taken from only 18 inches away. Hmm. Coming up, if you have drugs in your car, make sure the kids are buckled up. We'll explain that connection coming up straight ahead with Jeff and Jen on Cincinnati's Q102. But first. My girlfriend and I are having a kid in about seven weeks, and I'm really excited about it. (laughs) But the scariest thing to me are all the choices you have to make before the baby even arrives. Like, a couple nights ago, my girlfriend came home from work with this huge book of names. We're trying to narrow down the father. <laughs> the voices in my head are getting louder, so no more volumizing shampoo. <laughs> I'm always worried something is wrong with me medically. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, at least according to my gynecologist. <laughs> I breastfed for... <laughs> Way longer than normal today. (laughs) All right. 737. Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. Looking at sunny skies today. We'll see a high of 86 right now at 63 with Jeff and Jen at Cincinnati's Q102. Frightening situation at the Cincinnati Zoo over the weekend. Saturday Mm -hmm. afternoon, right around 4 o'clock, I was alerted to the sound of screaming police sirens, which is... Oh, because this is in your backyard. You were home. Right. And, you know, my my neighborhood has had its challenges. Mm -hmm. And so immediately that's what my first thought went to until I later realized that they were all headed for the zoo. And Mm -hmm. you get that sinking feeling that something terrible has happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And something did terrible happen. A little four-year-old boy got into the gorilla enclosure and was being thrashed around at times by this 420-plus pound gorilla. Harambe. Harambe, and zoo officials unfortunately made the difficult decision to put him down. And uh, it's heartbreaking for everybody involved. It's just a... It's it's a tragic accident. Terrible accident. On all fronts. Horrible decisions being having to be made by a lot of people. Yep. But and the little boy just, is ugh. okay. He is. Good news is the little boy is okay. Released from the hospital that evening, I believe. We tried to get 
Thane Maynard to come on the show this morning. As you can imagine, Thane Poor is, guy. you know, oh. he's got a million interview requests, mm-hmm. and he's just unable to accommodate everyone. But uh, they did invite us to the press conference yesterday, and this was part of his statement. Obviously, this is a very emotional time at Cincinnati Zoo. Uh, it's unprecedented. We've never had to kill a dangerous animal in the middle of an emergency situation. The zoo's been here 143 years, so that's saying a lot. Uh, it is a big loss to the Cincinnati Zoo. Uh, Harambe is one of our most magnificent animals. He's a critically endangered species. We're one of the key players in gorilla captive breeding and conservation, and so it's a big loss. Uh, we had an all-employee meeting this morning, early in the morning. I've never seen so many people here at 7.45 in the morning for a holiday, but it showed that whether people were off today or not, they came because they really cared. The purpose of that meeting was different than this. It was for people to have a chance to share their feelings. Uh, there were tears, there were hugs. The people that knew Harambe the best, his keepers, shared a lot of stories about him. Um, but everybody at the zoo feels the loss. There's no doubt about it. Uh, that does not just mean a dozen or so keepers in our primate department or a couple of hundred zoo employees, but you know we have a thousand volunteers at the zoo, we have hundreds of thousands of people who are members of the zoo, and of course the entire community uh, is very involved in Cincinnati Zoo, so it, it is a big loss. That said, we are very glad that the little boy is okay. That, that is a, one happy thing in a dangerous and bad story. Naturally, we did not take the shooting of Harambe lightly, but that child's life was in danger. And people who question that, or are Monday morning quarterbacks, or second guessers, don't understand that you can't take a risk with a silverback gorilla. They're very big, three times bigger than a man, six times stronger than that. This is a dangerous animal. Now, I know you see photos, videos, say, gosh, it doesn't seem dangerous. We're talking about an animal with one hand that I've seen take a coconut and crush it. Um, he was disoriented. Uh, he never had anything like that going on. And uh, that also led to the decision, of course, uh, not to dart the animal. Um, almost everybody knows if you were to, say, dart your household pet, if you were to receive a dart yourself, there'd be a pretty dramatic response, and if you were an animal like a gorilla and didn't understand it, you could have some sort of displaced aggression that would go right at what's the new thing in your area. So, um, in the real world, you make difficult calls, but you have to make them, and the safety of that child is paramount. I'm proud of our team that handled it, and I'm proud of our team that's handled everything since. Um, in tough times, you know who your friends are. We've heard from thousands of people around the world, colleagues all the way to James Goodall, zoo directors from all over the world, uh, with both sympathy, uh, with support uh, for a difficult decision. And people that know gorillas well, people that research them in the wild, people that work with them in captivity, know exactly what decision we made and why. An important thing to note is when you see snapshots, thank you, where you see uh, clips you might not see everything that happens. Uh, there, there are quotes directly from the Cincinnati Fire Department in their official report. This, hand, this child is being dragged around. 
his head was banging on concrete because it's not a gentle thing. The child was at risk. We're very fortunate that it's okay. Um, so when it was determined that the child was being injured, not potentially injured, but was being injured, both down in the boat and then up on the ground, um, then we had to make a decision to shoot him. Yeah, I'm really surprised that we haven't seen any of the more violent video because you know it's out there. Well, we were Shocking flipping around this morning, and one of those stations was showing a lot more than the other. Than the other? Yeah. So Harambe had dragged the child to the upper part. Is that kind of what I understood there at the end of Thane Maynard's statement? Yes. So Okay. So he wasn't just down in the water. I think once also, like after the dragging happened, that I don't know if – I think they either evacuated everyone – and they, they got everybody probably out of there. don't have video. I'm sure there's zoo video of mm-hmm. it, but as far as bystanders, I don't know if you could. There was a real thrashing that. going on there too by yeah. the child's ankle, and you know, as you can imagine, it was it was tense in that room during the press conference. And the the big question for a lot of the reporters was, you know, what, did the zoo fail mm-hmm. this child because the barrier wasn't adequate? The trouble with barriers is that whatever the barrier is, some people can get past it. Much the same way you might lock your car and sometimes you can get in your car. You so mentioned the failure here then. How did the child get in? Where was the failure? Where was the breakdown? Everything was up to code. Was it the parent's fault? Was it the guardrail's fault? Where do you place blame? I'm not a big finger pointer. Politicians and pundits point fingers. We live in the real world and we make real decisions. People, kids, and others can climb over barriers. Uh, We work really hard to make sure that this zoo is safe and our guests are safe. We have over 1.6 million visitors a year. That said, people can climb over barriers, and uh, that's what happened. Now that you've had time to review what happened, looking back, I know you were in crisis mode at the time. Looking back, would you make the same decision again to shoot the animal? Looking back, we would make the same decision. I know that after it is over and the child is safe, it's easy, like a Monday morning quarterback, to look at it and say, wow, 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 don't we need to do this differently? The people that say that, A, don't understand primate biology and silverback gorillas and the danger the child was in, and B, we're not there at an important time to make important decisions. Yeah. It's just heart-wrenching. But I'm amazed at how many trained zoologists have come out on the Internet. <laughs> Weighed oh, yeah. in on this. Oh, I know. All of the experts and, that are uh, so angry. And perfect parents, too. Oh, you betcha. Who I knew mean, there were oh, so God, many? I would not want to be Thane Maynard. I would not want to be that child's mother. I just wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want Agreed. to be the, the poor guy that had to pull the trigger. Mm-mm. It's just uh, horrible from every single angle. The yeah. Gorilla didn't uh, deserve to die, but neither did the little boy. Right. And reading all of the comments and seeing all the people on the news, the judging and the shaming is really easy to do, but forgiving and understanding and mourning and all of those kinds of things are not right it's a lot easier for people i think to to be angry and to look for someone to blame than it is to just sit with the sadness and the tragedy of it all mm-hmm. i yeah. agree it wasn't it jeff you posted something that was it's in today's yeah, cincinnati Enquirer. Yep. there's uh there's an editorial by cindy andrews mm-hmm. she's the Inquires opinion editor. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I gotta read you part of this. It's just so good. She said, when my daughter was about 18 months old, we met a friend of mine at a, at a park. And I let 
I let Katie toddle around while we chatted, and and I never took my eyes off Katie. Mm-hmm. But as she turned toward the street, I suddenly realized that watching her wasn't enough. I had misjudged the calculus of how far she was from me and how fast her chubby little legs could mm. carry her mm-hmm. in a rare moment when my cautious child decided to be adventurous. Yep. I kicked off my high heels and ran, yelling for her to stop. Of course, she thought it was a game. Sure. Mm-hmm. Chase. And continued into the street. The driver of the car that stopped for her surely thought I was a terrible parent. And in that moment, I was. I had made a, a potentially fatal mistake. The death of Harambe, a western lowland gorilla killed Saturday after a child fell into his enclosure at the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden, is it is a tragedy. The world prematurely lost a magnificent creature, a member of a species that's among our nearest relatives in the animal kingdom. Anyone who has spent time at the zoo's gorilla exhibit understands that they are imbued with intelligence and emotions not unlike our own, and it's painful to think that human error caused Harambe's death. But quickly, the effort to pin the blame on someone, anyone, lit up social media. On the zoo, for the first time, failure of an exhibit design that's been in place for 38 years. Mm -hmm. On our culture for holding wild animals in captivity to begin with. On unnamed theoretical bystanders bystanders who, who could have stopped the child from going through the barrier. A disturbing thread even emerged questioning the race of the family and whether that would impact public perception of the incident. But mostly, we have blamed the child's parents. With no information about the circumstances except that a four-year-old boy squeezed through a barrier and then fell into a moat, people took to Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere for this hearty round of social media shaming. Why weren't they watching their child? They're bad parents. Their child was injured and Harambe died because of them. So many individual comments became a chorus of condemnation, a virtual mob. Forget the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. With social media, there's no time or need for denial. We go straight to anger. Well, confession number two. Cindy goes on to say, I was among those to comment, saying on a friend's post, sad and angry, didn't need to happen. People, watch your kids. And as I calmed down, I remembered that moment in the park with Katie. And soon, I saw a number of other parents on social media sharing their own confessions of that one time when. (laughs) Of course it didn't need to happen. But that moment at the zoo is is the one the mother will suffer for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. Raising a child to age 18 means maneuvering him or her safely through more than 567 million seconds. And it only takes one of those seconds for something to go terribly wrong. Assigning blame gives a false sense of having solved the tragedy. If X will only do Y, then no more gorillas need to die and I can feel better. It's human nature. And to the extent that the focus of blame moves on from the family, it will probably shift to the zoo. How did the barrier fail and did they react correctly? It is unlikely that this story will fade from the headlines or social media soon. The zoo is one of our best-loved institutions, and the untimely death of an endangered gorilla put Cincinnati in the national spotlight for all the wrong reasons. 
Amid the blame and social noise, let's pause though to be thankful that the child is okay and to truly mourn the loss of another life, not so different from a human one. That doesn't happen on a smartphone or a computer. It happens quietly, perhaps by remembering a past trip to the zoo or thinking about our relationship to the animal kingdom. Inquire reporter Shauna Stegerwald's story, Who Was Harambe, on May 30th is a good place to start. It talks about the young gorilla's intelligence and curiosity and using sticks and things to reach for items outside his grasp. Let's also remember in our thoughts and prayers those zoo workers who knew Harambe so much better than us and had to witness or even had a hand in his death. As a child wrote in a sympathy card left at the zoo, we are so sad that you had to kill one of your gorillas. We love the gorillas, Stegerwald reported. Mm-hmm. In Harambe's memory, let's take a moment to let go of the anger and simply be sad. Yeah, and, and you know, one other th- I think this this little boy is going to remember what happened in that oh, yeah. enclosure. And I just wonder what kind of emotional issues he's going to have for the rest. I mean, this is, in, this is How going this to trauma imprint yeah. on him and cause him to be... A lot of different ways in life. It's going to, it's in, in some ways, it will form his identity. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you're that little. Oh, yeah. And think so, about and all of the, remember. the posting and all of the, everything that's on the internet now about this kid. Yeah. It'll right. be there forever. Ever, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine the nightmares. Mm-mm. What that must have been like. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. Yep. Anyway, I'll share, I'll, you know what? I should have, I should have shared that on the Jeff and Jen page as well. I will. Cindy Andrews, the Inquirer. Well said. 752, Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102, looking at sunny skies today. We'll see a high of 86. Right now, it's 67 with Jeff and Jen on Q102. Yeah, this is a situation where someone is facing a, a moral dilemma and they actually want your opinion. <laughs> That's true. They're actually seeking your advice. (laughs) They're asking, and that's when it's okay to give it. (laughs) So here to present a case to the jury, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jack to the Jeff and Jen Morning Show. Hi, good morning, guys. Hey, Jack. Hello, Jack. You want to tell us what's going on? I need some help with my sister. Okay. Um, She loves you guys, and um, I'm just hoping maybe you can help me calm her down and and think rationally. You think Um, because she loves us, we have some influence over her? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she, you know, who doesn't love you guys? But well, you'd be surprised. Yeah, and and with that, if there's something that we're really good at, it's calming people down. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm hoping for is sir, an objective view because I'm so close to the situation too. Okay. But um, we lost our mom a few months ago from breast cancer. I'm sorry, sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, both of our parents are gone now, and we just started going through their house and dividing up all this stuff. And um, we were very, very close to our parents, my sister and I. Um, Her name's Meredith. We do have another sister. She lives in Indianapolis, but she doesn't come around very often. She's kind of the black sheep of the family. Um, (laughs) Everybody's got one of those. Yeah, right. I think she's well-intentioned. She just is, you know, she does her own thing. So she, she came a couple times when mom was sick. But kind of at a distance, she didn't get very involved in the treatment and the day-to-day stuff. Okay. Um, well, my sister and I were were very involved and around. So as my sister and I have, have now been going through the arduous task of going through mom and dad's stuff, 
um, we were noticing that there's a lot of stuff missing from the house. Mm. Some jewelry, um, some of my grandmother's silver. Oh. There's some family heirloom stuff that goes back a long time, some pictures, um, crystal, things like that. So not necessarily small things, but things that uh, are really good stuff. Yeah, worth yeah, some money. Yeah, so the only person that could have taken it was our long-lost sister in Indy. She have so, access to the house? Yeah, she had a key, and when she was visiting, she went to go pick up a couple things for us, and she was just there a few times right when my mom house. was around. Right. Um, you know, when my parents passed, all the money was taken care of, so there's no need to fight over that. So this is just stuff we're talking about. Yeah, and that's all it is. Like, I, I feel like that's enough. I want to let it go. I don't think there's anything to fight over this. Okay. But uh, Meredith... Meredith is pissed. <laughs> right. She wants to duke it out. She wants to go a few rounds with our other sister and confront um, her and have it out. Yeah, she really wants to have it out and confront her. I mean, she, she even, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't want to fight. We've been through so much. I mean, it's such an emotional toll, the sure. whole process. And I feel like this is the last part of it before we can. You know, never forget, but to kind of move forward in the next chapter. So, makes sense. I just want to get this over with and take the things that are left in the house and keep peace with the family. So, okay. But she's fired up, wants to fight. Is she around? Yeah, she is. All right. Can we talk to her? Yes, please. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Hi. First of all, <laughs> we're very sorry to hear about your mom. Yeah. Thank you. That's rough. Um, were you able to hear everything that was being said just now? Yeah, I heard everything. Okay. Yeah. So your feeling on this is? Well, obviously, I'm really upset. I don't really understand how Jack could just be so, just so, you know. Chill about it? Want about it. it yeah. I mean, uh, because I think he's so like, emotionally exhausted from the whole thing that I, I think he just, he, he, he has to let it go. He wants it to go away. Yeah. He just wants it to be done. Yep. I know. I get it. <laughs> Talk about emotionally exhausting, you guys. Like, I'm, I'm there, too. I do also just want to get on with it, you know, and just have my peace and, and be done and have closure. But in order to do those things, I really want these special heirlooms. My mom promised me that I would have my grandmother's wedding ring. And there's, like, really special pictures. There's a picture of all of us as a family that my mom knew also that I really, really loved and wanted. And she was never there during any of mom's last days. She just, like, would show up every now and then, you know, a handful of times, like maybe, like, three times she flew out. Mm-hmm. And Jack and I were there during the really hard times. We we took care of her day in and day out. And it's just, you guys, it's so infuriating. Well, she I get feels it. Like she can just that she's just entitled to these things, you know. Why would she it's take them? Is that you think she feels like she's entitled, or is this part of her grieving process? She like, might, or she just like wants. She them. wants to have maybe a memory too. Honestly, we aren't very close to her, so I really don't know what's going on in her mind. I don't trust her fully. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's I probably don't why she, she swiped them when you weren't there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that she must have taken it when my mom was still alive, even because she hasn't been back since. What do you think? So she thinks like, she's selling this stuff, or do you think she's holding on to it? 
I don't know. I think it could be either, but... I mean, that's what's not cool is that you didn't sit down as a family and say, hey, okay, here are the things in the house that are of value. Let's do our best to to each, you know, try to equally divide them and make sure we each get at least one or two things that has real sentimental value to us. That she's just coming in and taking them is yeah the issue. Right. And, you know, I think the thing that makes me the most mad is that she couldn't even find the time to be there you know, for mom, but also like for Jack and I, you know, when, when we needed her, when we needed that support too. And then all of a sudden she just comes in and she's like, oh yeah, you know, sorry, I'll just take what I'll I want. You take know? what I want and go. All right. There's this, this like really beautiful hope chest that my parents got for their 25th anniversary that's missing. And I don't know, I guess because I don't like her that much. I feel like <laughs> I don't really see how she could like see any value in these things other than just to like make money off of them or I don't even know. I'm just so mad and I don't understand how Jack can just let it go. All right. So our question for the jury (sighs) then today is, do we say something to long lost sister in Indy or do we just let her keep the stuff and move on? Yes. Okay. All right. We need jurors, uh, eight of them. Uh, we'll make up the remaining four, five, one, three, seven, four, nine, 23, 20. We need to move through these quickly, please. So, Please keep the opinions brief. 513-749-2320. Yeah, you want to give us a recap on this? Sure. Meredith and her brother, she has a brother and then a sister. She and her brother are very close, and they recently took care of their mom, who was dying of cancer, and we have since lost her. They have lost her. And now it comes to the point where they're going through the house and going through all of her things. And they've discovered along the way that there's a bunch of stuff missing. Uh, rings, her grandmother's wedding ring, some silver, stuff that had both monetary and um, value, sentimental value to her. Stuff that her mother had said that she could have. It's right. missing. And the only person that could have gone into the house and taken it was this long-lost sister that doesn't come around or didn't come around very much, wasn't very helpful and their mother's final days, and she's really upset about it. She wants to say something to the sister. Meanwhile, her brother Jack is like, oh, let's just let it go. Let's just pay for peace. I don't want to drag out the pain and the misery of all of this any further than we already have to. So that's the big question. Do they say something to the sister who took all the good stuff, or do they just let it go? Let it go. Jill, you are juror number one. Does she have the conversation or let it go? Confront the sister. Confront the sister. She'll regret it if she doesn't. She'll spend the whole rest of her life wondering. She needs to confront the sister. Right. Thank you, Jill. Hey. David. I would say confront her. All right. And I love that it confront. That's a big word. Confrontation. As opposed to just, you know, conversation. Right. Right. Thank you, David. Shelly, you are juror number three. What say you? I say they should calmly confront the sister and ask and just say, hey, there's a couple things that you took that are sentimental to us and pick like two or three things that are missing, like the ring, the hope chest, and say, I'd like to have those back. You can have the other things. Okay. And, calmly And confront. just be zen about it. All right. Okay. Cool. Be zen in your accusation. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank if, you, Shelley. They don't know it's a mom... Gave those things to her. Right. So she may not she might don't say, know the story. All right, yeah, she you. might say, well, Mom said I could have these. And right. Mom and her, you know, if she was on pain meds or whatnot, could yeah. have been. She might have been promising you know. them to everybody. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they should say, we know that these are gone. We feel you took them. And there's and just hone it down on just a few things that they want back. Okay. And don't, like, 
be confrontational about it, but be zen about it. Thank you, Shelly. Okay. Julia. Confront. I think Meredith needs to confront her to get the closure she needs, and they don't even have a relationship with that sister, so it's not like they're going to destroy that relationship or anything. It's, it's kind of already a dead horse, so. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you, Julia. Thank you. Robert. The, the reason that I say confront is uh, I think they have to be a little more subtle about it because the sister will absolutely deny it. Yeah. And that's that's their problem. It's no matter what, even if they go full bore and confront her, the sister's going to say, no, I didn't do it. And mm -hmm. I think that uh, they have to be very prepared for that result because she's just going to lie. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Kim. This, this is it's kind of a hard one, but I wouldn't just drop it, but I wouldn't cause a fight. So I would say definitely talk to the sister and just do it in such a way where you can present to her that how important these things are because they're important heirlooms and they had meaning to. And maybe when they sit down and have a face-to-face -face conversation, then they can go over what is what and, and maybe she can get some of those important things back. Thank you, right. Kim. Thanks, Kim. You're welcome. All right, Tim, real quick, what does she do here? Talk to her or let it go? Let it all go. Thank you, sir. Thank you. CJ. I think that whether they get the possessions back, I know there's sentimental value, but I think they should definitely uh, at least call her out and let her know that let her, they know that she took stuff. All right. So that is <clears throat> seven confront, one mm -hmm. let it go. Mm -hmm. Jen? I, I think you got to say something. You gotta say some, okay. mm, but like, but very calmly. I mean, it is that very much very calm. You know, love first, act second. Remember, this is your sister. She's suffering too in her own way. Right. Yeah, you know, we don't know what's happened here. Okay. Something must be said, though. Tim. Uh, well, my badass voice inside says, "Call her out on it." I probably, if this happened with me and my brother, would just let it go. You would probably let yeah. it go. All right. I think it's time to get the relationship back together with this sister. I know that you're estranged, but I think patiently and calmly you have to move forward and talk about this. This is your only sister. You need to bond that back together in addition to getting your stuff back. <laughs> so you would let it go? No, I'm saying confront her. Oh, you okay. <laughs> right. We, we, we want to bond and get the relationship back on track, and we're going to do so by confronting you. By confronting you, yes. yes. All right. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence on this one because I would be inclined to let it go, but not without making a point. Yeah. To have that conversation. Yeah. You know what? You want it? Keep it. But yes, let it know. be known that I am fully <laughs> I aware of who you did. are and what you are. <laughs> but you don't know. You know, you don't know what the mother had said to her. You're right. Privacy. You're right. All right, we got Jack and Meredith conferenced on the same line here, guys. You heard what happened? Yeah. So there you have it. I mean, look, the majority rules in favor of having the conversation. Now, if this was a Lifetime movie or a Hallmark <laughs> special, your mom probably tipped off your sister to take some of these things. So when she passed, you would have to rebond and reconnect. Could be true. And maybe that's what is all meant to be. Sorry, I watch a lot of that stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Tim's right in that you don't know what transpired between your mom and your sister. You've, you know, maybe your mom gave her the stuff and just never told you. So, well, you know, I wouldn't go in there with guns blazing. You know? Yeah, don't have a heated conversation. Just no. have a conversation. But I know for a fact that there are some things that she absolutely delegated to me. So okay. that's not even an issue. But maybe she had a conversation at some point and she thought that she could take them. But just to not even say anything to us, 
I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm glad that your listeners feel like it's right for us to have the conversation because I'm ready to have sure. the conversation. And maybe Jack doesn't have to be a part of it. I mean, I know that he's like really stressed out. He wants to move on, move forward. Like Jack, yeah. maybe this is between the sisters now. Yeah. Well, Meredith, when you just said what you just said in that nice, rational, calm voice, I don't believe that's going to maintain when you go over there. <laughs> yeah, no. but that's but that's no, their fight. Not. I'm though. a woman. Right, but uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, Jack, you can detach yourself from that, and that's what Fritz is saying. This does not have to be your fight. Would it be better to do on the phone or in person? In person, ideally, but I don't think this will make it past the phone. And, Meredith, you have to keep Jack out of this. You know, he's asking to move forward. I'm sure if you need his support a little bit, he'll be there, but this is your fight with her. But I do think it's it's kind of a fine line because, you know, he is my brother, and we've always been very close, way more close than either of us have been with her. and. Mm-hmm. I want to know that he's supporting me in this, that it's something that <laughs> is, is very emotionally <laughs> difficult for me. Uh, I know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's not, but. He's just like, wired different. Really bad. I just want to know that he's going to take my side if things get really bad. If uh, really let's hear the facts Can first. Can you please promise me that? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Just, oh, you guys. We yeah. wish you the best, you two. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, Good luck. All right. I'm going to rekindle yeah. that, that really bond between your other sister. I'm, I'm pr- the three of you got each other. Yeah. All that's left. Tim's going for the happy ending happy here. Happy ending. Yep. Thank you, guys. I really love your show. I really, really enjoy it. I listen to you guys all the time. Thanks, Meredith. Appreciate okay. it. I appreciate your, your advice, and it was fun to actually talk to you. <laughs> cool. All right. Good luck to you both. Yeah, I wish we were under better circumstances, Thanks. but good luck. Thanks. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Wouldn't it be something if... They confront her, and the sister hadn't taken all of the stuff that somebody had broken into the house yeah, and right? stolen it. Oh, my <laughs> sister doesn't even have it. Oh, yeah, that would be right. awful. You yeah, you don't know unless you say something to her, right? Wow. Because if they don't say you they go the rest of our lives hating this woman that never did anything wrong at all. Hey, the boss is politely waiting outside the studio door because the on-air light is on. Yeah. Normally, I would just... Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.